Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Turn It a Punk Classics, a show where we take old episodes of Turn It a Punk that have been lost from the internet and return them to their previous glory by sticking them back on the feed. You can find this podcast on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and all other forms of social media. Well, that's pretty much it. At Turned Out a Punk, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at Lefferdamian. I play in a band. More information can be found at F-U-C-K-E-D-U-P dot C-C. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy another T-O-A-P classic. Favorite record. Because that's one of the reasons why I'm here with you guys. That's one of that's, my that is sister. One of my, my sister played my sister. that every day. I wanted to fucking punch your face in. <laughs> you no, know, now of course, I, I, and I'm not going to argue with you. I do realize the the importance of that record and the greatness of that record. But it took me. I didn't want to listen to Neil Young. I wanted to listen to Uriah Heep. I wanted to listen to Black Sabbath. I wanted to listen to Ted Nugent. You motherfuckers, you know, if you don't like this, you can get the turn around and get the fuck out. Anybody yeah. wants to get mellow, you can turn around and get the fuck out of here. All right, now. You remember? <laughs> Trouble is, homie, like, started, like, joined damn Yankee. Yeah, joined, joined like, hunter people. Camouflage well, gun bearer. Like Camouflage gun bearing people. Straight up bad music. Oh. Like the time the, the rock and roll time travel erases his accomplishments from the world of positivity because of rock and roll time travel. You know, I almost bought that Amboy Dukes album today. We were shopping over here at the record store, Damien and I. And I picked out that Amboy Dukes album with Journey to the Center of Your Mind, which is an amazing song. What, what, what was the album after Free For All? Was it Cat Scratch Fever? I think so, yeah. I mean, I'm cool up through and including Double Live Gonzo, and then after that, I'm so done with that new show. And then, of course I did. And then then when he did all his weird (laughs) Republican shit, then I was like extra special done. You know he's always been like that. Yeah, but he didn't have to rub it in our face. He just kept it on the down low. He knew how to market himself back then. He didn't have to rub it in our fucking face. Right. So... Uh, I guess this is going to be the coolest episode of Turned Out of Punk ever, because this is just going to be... No, 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 this is... Oh, we're, this is really great so far. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> this is amazing. What are you talking about? This is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> it's like every dream. We're all like, we're all like super smart and stuff and really insightful, yeah. Hey, look, I ran into the oldest Stern brother at the Starbucks in the Golden Nugget when we were at Las Vegas Punk Rock Bowling this last time, and he asked me how I was doing, and I looked at him, and I was, like, really run down. I I hadn't got my coffee yet, and he, and he was all jazzed. He was psyched because he'd got his coffee. And, and I said, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm feeling like I'm 61 years old. And we started to converse a little bit more. I don't know. And Are then you 61? I will be in a couple of months. Oh, fuck. Why did I think... Is it, oh, it's Des is 57. Why did you think... What, did you think Des I was 41 or 31? I don't know. Hold on. Hold on. You, you, were, so you, you used to be... 69? You used to be seven years older than me. 
So I'm. I think he's still seven years old. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just saying, when we were kids. <laughs> yeah, we were kids. Yeah. Older than you. When we were kids. Yeah. So now he's like. Ten years older than you. I feel like I was I was yeah, eight and you were like about to, you were in the middle of high school when I was eight. Okay. So you're eight years older than me. Okay, I'm gonna be 53 in a while, and you're gonna be 61. 61. Perfect. Okay, I like it. N- next question. It adds up. It adds up. Well, I, the, but I didn't get to f- finish. But I'm having this conversation with the oldest of the Stern brothers, and he looked at me and he said, "Keith, what else would you be doing?" Well, you had a good paralegal career on the way. You were going to be an attorney, right? <laughs> no, you're thinking of Lucky. You're counter. I'm not thinking of Lucky. Your counterpart in the circle jerk. He's no paralegal either. That guy's the actual real deal lawyer. No, he's not. No, he's not. How could you be 50 and not pass the bar? Lucky Lehrer? How could you be 50 and not pass the bar? Because the California State Bar Exam is one of the toughest. Limbo lawyer. There's plenty, plenty fucking attorneys out there, and they're not 50. So, um,. The way I do this podcast normally is I find out how people got into punk, and we just kind of go from there. Well, we're not doing it like that. This no, we're time. not. No, we're not. Not at all. But I do want to talk. We got to figure out how we're getting out of punk. <laughs> I do want to talk to Keith though uh, about seeing the Stooges at the whiskey, and was that like a pivotal moment? No, you you know? need to you you need to have Billy in on this conversation because he's going to tell you that Metallic Ko is the greatest live album ever recorded. Really? Oh, yeah. More than Kick Out the Jams? But even more than Intensities in Two Cities, or Ten Cities, or... Or, or fucking... What's, what's the Mahavishnu Frampton one? Frampton Comes Alive. Uh, Frampton Comes Alive, yeah. Like words you. of Fire. More than that? Birds of Fire, Isn't Mahavishnu Orchestra? Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, no effects, Birds of Fire, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> Birds of fire. <laughs> so, Bill, do you honestly do you think Metal KO is the best live record of all time? Oh, I do. I fucking do. How did you know that? He just said. It. He I said, just said it because he was asking no, me. No, no but it fucking is. Who? What? What's better than that? It's the best thing in the whole world. How many times have we listened to that in a row, over and over and over again? Why do you think? We when put was, the speakers out the window or put them on the roof, you know, to just to just fuck with the neighbors. The neighbors. Why do you think when Greg Ginn said we're going to cover Femme Fatale by the Velvet Underground, I said, I'm not singing that song. I'm singing Louie Louie. (laughs) Wait, so it could have been Femme Fatale? It would have never been Femme Fatale. (laughs) I was not going to sing that song. I'm not Greg Ginn's... Puppet? Chuck, are you Greg Ginn's puppet? I most definitely am not. Or was I ever. That would change the history of music, though, I think, if Femme Fatale had been the uh, set closer tonight. Oh, it's a decent song. It's a great song. It's a great song. It's not partying. It's not Louie Louie. It's not partying at all. (laughs) No. It's like an anti-party song. It's like, you know, like, I'm fucked up and bummed. Because, you know, girls, my thing with the girls isn't working right. <laughs> That's what. Yeah. So That's what that one's all about. Do you remember the first time you met all these guys? 
Well, I met Billy at my dad's store. Billy would come in. You know, I've known Billy since he was eight years old. Just like earlier when we were talking over breakfast, I've, I've, I've known Stephen McDonald since he was 11 years old. The McDonald brothers came into the Black Flag rehearsal space and we told them, you can't continue to call your band the tourists because that's too wimpy. That There's nothing punk rock about that. And the tourist was a good name. Well, that's, that's the Arrhythmics, pre-Arrhythmics band, then, Annie Lennox and uh, Dave Stewart's band. Then uh, Chuck and Greg suggested that the McDonald brothers play our equipment to to prove their punk rockedness or their manliness or how <laughs> how large their testicles were. And Stephen, who those they're they're now like tall enough to be professional basketball players. I think that means that you have really big dicks if you're tall. No. It, it's how do you know it's your shoe size. That's how they ma- that's how they uh, measure a man's package by his shoe size. I uh, I like the Greek kind. I like Greek yogurt. Well, what about the other kind of yogurt? I'm not a big fan. But what the Greek they have economic problems. Do you think you can get those economic problems? Like is it are connected to the yogurt? Are economic problems contagious from the yogurt? I think it's the Saganaki, that flaming cheese. Flaming Takes cheese. a lot of resources to light that cheese on fire every is time. Is that what it is? That's what like I think. burning cheese? Burning cheese. I grew up in the Greek neighborhood in Toronto, so I have a lot of experience with Greek food. With burning cheese. Burning cheese, definitely. So what about, so Bill would come in your dad's store and... And at, at a certain point, Billy, like, I would be listening to the radio... And I would always, because my dad would listen to jazz, and when whenever my dad wasn't around, KNAC, <clears throat> yeah, KNAC, Loud Rock, Blue Oyster Cult, ZZ Top, David Bowie, and Peter Frampton, <laughs> and Uriah Heep, Deep Purple, you know, all of that kind of stuff, you know, stuff that would bum our parents out. And Billy would hear something and go, Keith, who's that? And he would say, Billy, that's an album that you need to go out and purchase for yourself. Do you remember those records? Do you remember those moments? The question is, did you take the advice, Bill? Did yeah. Did you take the advice? Oh, totally. I, there were, like, pivotal moments that changed, you know, who I am as a person that were basically albums that Keith told me I should go buy. Yeah, absolutely. Where, what about, so like all that stuff, kind of, you know, there's like a lot of glamier stuff there. What about Zolar X? Did you ever go and see Zolar X? Oh, holy, <laughs> holy, holy cats did I see Zolar X. Um, what do you want to know about him? Were you into him? You need to introduce yourself, Dez. I'm Dez. Hi, Dez. Good job, Dez. <laughs> you, did a, you did a great job tonight. You killed it. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Zolorax, yeah. Um, oh God, what was that? What was that record? What was that? Help me, Keith. Did they have a record? They had a twelve-inch. Really? They, yeah. I, I think it was, it was like, though, right? No. Energize no. me. Is that on it? Yeah. Where they from? Zolar X. <laughs> <laughs> I think they just called. They were called. They were from 
planet Zolar Z, but they heard about X, so they called themselves Zolar. I mean, whatever. That's <laughs> 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 bad. <laughs> It was good band, though. They got back together, it and was, they played... It was, it was kind of like, okay, this is fucked up, but, like, I'm kind of liking this just because of that reason. You know, it, you know, it's like B-movies. It was like B-movies. Do you remember the first time you met Dez? Well, we were all uh, party meisters. We were all looking for the, the keg and the 12-pack and... There's actually a great photo of Dez, Brian Grillo, um, Carrie Ella Black. I, I want to say Mary Rat and myself just like hanging out on a couch. And it looked like it could have been in that front room at the church. In the pool table room? In the pool table room. Before the pool table. Right. Or after the pool table. I think it's probably before. Hey, remember the night that we were all like Wait, hanging out? What room? What room? Wait, what? That's Which room? The, the, the southeast room. South. East. Room. It would have been facing the Altadena Dairy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah all right, all right, all right. You know, yeah. right there when you yeah, yeah. go in the front door, yeah. you would like where where Greg ended up living there after. Yeah, he lived across the way. No, no, that was after. After. I mean, I mean before that. Shh. I mean, he got Shh. sick. Don't tell the guys. And like had food poisoning in there. I didn't really live in there. I remember it was either Janet Housden. Or Michelle Galassi or Mars. Remember Mars and Randy? And um, they were like my best friends yeah. at Maricosta yeah. when I was a friend. Yeah, yeah. Mars and Randy. Or Mars went out with Joe. Uh, with no, Dave Nolte. Dave Nolte. Dave Nolte. But yeah. he went out. But you know, Mars went out with Joe Nolte first, and Whoa. then and then and then <laughs> Joe Nolte dumped her, and then Dave Nolte started going out. Wait, with from her. the last. Yeah. What other Joe? No Nolte? way! I didn't, I didn't know. know that. That's why I wasn't. Oh, putting I think it. there's an actor actually, but so, anyway, <laughs> so, so it was either Janet or Michelle or Mars, and they were like, "This is Ron and Dez." It wasn't. It's it wasn't Mars. Dez, it, and it wasn't Ron. It was Ron and Dez. Like Ron and Dez were together. It was always like Ron and Dez. Yeah, cause, cause like, in, like like Linny and Squiggy, but not not Linny and Squiggy. But it was always like for me, Ron and Dez. It was like oh, you a, mean like Evan and Costello? No, I don't mean like that. I mean like I mean Ron and Dez. <laughs> Ron and Dez. Yeah. What about Martin and Lewis? No, Ron and Dez is way cooler than Martin and Lewis. Come on, Ron and Dez. What about Red and Stimpy? Right there, All you right. go. All right. Beavis and Butthead, Laurel and Hardy. Yeah, actually, we're kind of like that because one one guy, you know, it's Jerry and Ob. That's 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 above everybody that's listening to. Yeah, I was like, I, that you guys lost me on that one. No, Jerry is my dad. If he goes, if he does the Ob thing, and Ob, Ob, hey Billy, you know Ob's history. He was black ops. Yeah. He was black ops. Yeah. He was one of the first guys sent into Vietnam 
to scope it out and say, this is what we need to do. This is where we need to go. These are the people we need to fuck with. When OB came back, though, when he came, I mean, he thought he was God. He told me that he was God. Well, also... Maybe he knew something you didn't know. (laughs) He, there were five of them that were sent in. Five of these black ops... These are the, the first guys to go the first guys to go into Vietnam that represented the United States. God. Yeah. And the the final order, their their final order was that they were none of them were supposed to come back from Vietnam. They were they were all supposed to kill each other. Wow. And he came back and he was completely out of his mind. He lived downtown LA and he would wrap every night before he went to bed he would wrap himself from head to toe in foil because he thought that there were um, like secret service agents on all of the rooftops around the the hotel where he lived shooting him with these cancerous rays or so the, the, the guy was out of his mind and he was he could be a real sweetheart and then just snap in a second how'd you guys the, know this the guy thing about being out of your mind and that's a good question Jerry Jerry let him stay there what like, was the arrangement no um he, he would he, and they had to obey <laughs> no he would ride the bus from downtown LA fish on the pier and then he would sit in the store all day. He would, he was out of his mind. He he was living Wait, but downtown. I somebody up in the rafters. Oh, that was Raymond. Ray. Not Ray. Not like the pier Ray. Yeah. The pier Ray lived in the upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> you mean the church he lived in? Ob up there. No. Yeah. No. Ob was never up there. Because he was too big to get up there. Probably. It was Ray. That you know, without right. a, all, the guy with all missing all of his teeth, yeah. the guy that would eat steak, like yeah, he would just he'd gum that gum steak. Gum that steak down. Yeah, <laughs> that was his yeah. album. <laughs> you, what, what you're doing is you're getting a history of my dad's store. No, well, you're getting you're getting the like the prehistory of pre South Bay, pre punk, pre that like. So what were the were there bands like? Were you guys into local bands? Were there any local bands? All the, the last, the last, yeah, uh, yeah. All of the local bands besides the last were all cover bands. They were all top forty bands. And the reason why we gravitated towards the Alley Cats, who were in Lamita, who we also kind of consider to be a local band. Oh yeah. And the last was because they were. The only bands with any creativity, like they were the bands that stood up and said, "This is what we do," and and, and if you don't like it, that's the way that it is. So be it. Was Rhino was Rhino Thirty Nine from Long Beach? Long Beach. I somehow always harbored a, a kinship with them because I don't know. I just felt like they were one of us somehow. Their drummer wouldn't, almost became our drummer. Wouldn't. <clears throat> Long Beach wow, beat. Yeah. Couldn't enough, couldn't we consider? I, mean, I wasn't good enough. He wasn't. I liked him enough. Yeah, I liked his his playing. 
And we, we, Everybody's we doing the perlicks and stuff. Boom, bum, bam, da, dum, da, dum, 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 No compromise, no compromise. No compromise, no compromise. No compromise, no compromise. Yeah, yeah. What about the Quetchville? I know 39. And the Faisal's group came up to me. Is there his personality? Wonder what you want to be. What? What is that? The 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 reason we had a kinship with Rhino Thirty Nine was because we could consider Long Beach to be the most southern tip of the South Bay. Before you go to or the like northern tip of Orange like County. Orange County. <laughs> Yeah, Eat, they, you know, six of one, half a dozen of the other. Apples or oranges. Orange County goes all the way to Marina del Rey, but that's that's a Venice outlook. <laughs> orange County goes all the way to Marina yeah. del Rey. <laughs> so was there like a divide though between like you know like Rhino Thirty Nine is definitely also more of an aggressive band. Like, did you <laughs> Wait, more? Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, not Northern Black Flag. I mean, but I mean, no, like, because like, no, they, they had clean guitars. They, yeah, they sounded like but a cross it's fast. between like the Minutemen and the Descendants. It's not like the Quick, though, or not the Nerves, or oh, like those. Okay, that's different. Oh, the Quick. I bought my first drum set. It yeah, said the Quick on the bass drum. So I guess it was Whoa, the, it was the Quicks. You bought it yeah. from Danny Benier? I, I don't know who I bought it from. I bought it. You know, the Recycler. Dude. Remember the Recycler? Danny Benier. Told one of the greatest stories I'd ever heard about how his older brother, who was like 18 years old, dragged him to see the Rolling Stones at Altamont. Whoa! He was five years old. His his brother said, "I can't find I can't find a babysitter. You're just coming along with me. Get in the car." And they drove up to Altamont and somehow managed to get past all the people. The two of them walked in the back gate, just walked in, and there they are on the side of the stage when the Rolling Stones are playing. What year? That's like 1969. Yeah, that was the end of this. That that's okay all across the USA. That signaled the end of the summer of love. The Rolling Stone said, "Sympathy for the devil. Fuck your peace and love." Well, I guess and Manson too, right? That was the same uh, <laughs> same moment. So. Were you into the nerves and the quick and stuff? Was that like part of it or no? Did, well, we listened like to all of that stuff. Rodney played it on his show. Yeah. You know, and we listened to every, we listened to Rodney religiously. I would hold my, you know, the what, like the court stenographers have those rectangular little tape decks and they have like five big buttons on them that look like piano keys, like junior piano keys. And I would hold my, my that my cassette tape up to the speaker the whole Rodney show and, and tape the whole Rodney show and then that was my that was like my soundtrack, soundtrack until yeah. the next week until Rodney went again and we would bring them everybody did it you know so Mars and Michelle and Janet and Frank and Dave everybody had their their one of those those <laughs> those tape decks and we'd bring it and we'd go sit out by the bleachers in this little part where there weren't any football players and then we'd listen to the Rodney, you know, all the stuff he played, you know. He always played that Flyboys thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. And the yeah. Runaways. Oh, yeah. He oh, loved the Runaways. And the Beach Boys. That's when he did his Phil Spector Beach Boys tributes. But Rodney played all that stuff before even the station that he worked for played it. They just kind of worked it into their rotation because they realized that Rodney would get a lot of tunings. You know, so many people were going, wow, what's this fucking Even though it was late, because I was in high school, I had to get up... But I would stay up, you know, to, to, to listen to it, yeah. Like, didn't didn't he come on at 10? No, midnight. On Sunday. No, Matt, no. Uh, he went from 10 to, like, he had four hours or three hours. It like, seemed long to me. I mean, I, I had to, like, first, stay up. Right? I had to, like, drink coffee, like, stay up for it. It's full fuck. But I guess, I mean, I guess the as a fisherman. It's drip. Yeah. Well, he also, like, didn't he, didn't he write lyrics for, what was that band that he did, a split seven inch on Bomp with the Venus and the Razor Blades, and it's Rodney and the Brunettes, I think. Venus and the Razor Blades, that's not um, the little girl from the Stingers, no. That was, oh, I don't know. that was like, um, Unit 3 much. with Venus, <laughs> that was Unit 3 with yeah. Venus. That was her parents. Oh, I like boys. Yeah. I like boys. Never oh, mind. Yeah. Never mind. That was the little girl that played with her parents. Yeah. Her name was Venus, and, and she was, yeah, they were They were exploiting their child. How dare them? I did that. <laughs> I don't think they were. They just, they were just, they had just a punk rock household. I mean, that was just, if you went to those parties they had, it was just, just, was just, just, just that's just how they were. She was yeah, the Stingers. I always wanted to hear that band. You never heard the Stingers? No. We we had their practice room after I guess after Cabrillo maybe. Uh huh. When Cabrillo got CD six almost played a game blown out by the pigs, then I think we started practicing at the Stingers place. Uh, they have records. Yeah. That stingers? was like a family band. That was cool. I uh, I, I can't see why you are so blind. Oh, that was a great hook, right? I can't see why you they are so blind. They were sort of popular. They, they, like, people went to their shows and stuff, but they like they had a, and they had a, a house down there on Seventh Street or someplace. Yeah. And people like there was big party scene. Yeah, it was good. I liked it. Well, we're talking. Never, about, we're talking about rock bands here, at, or it doesn't matter American bands. Normally, like the way the show works is, I start always the exact same way, which is ask the person how they got into punk and just go. But I thought. You know, we'll just have fun. This show's different, though. This show's very different. Today's I, very different. I have a question. Yeah, absolutely. Hands up who likes the band The Saints. Oh, absolutely. I'm stranded. Uh, on my own? Know your uh, product. Uh, yep. Lipstick on your collar. They, they do the Collie, Connie Francis. So now, why did you bring up The Saints? Because they're one of my favorite bands, and I don't know if we're sticking to America or... No, anywhere. Australia. Anywhere. But when, actually, this is, when did you guys hear the Saints? Because they kind of like, obviously they predate the Sex Pistols with that release. I heard them when Dave Nolte, he would make me a cassette. And he's like, here's all the stuff that you have to listen to because you're listening to Kiss and you're listening to Aerosmith. Here's the here's stuff the stuff here's the stuff you have to listen to, and so <laughs> and Dave, Dave Nolte, Nolte made me a cassette, and it had the Saints, and it had Slaughter and the Dogs, and it had Blue Cheer, and it had, and it had all this stuff on it. You yeah, know? yeah, that's and, awesome. Yeah, 
So that was kind of you know what uh, was that? Turned me on to what was um, Elvis Costello. Everything is less than zero. Dun 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 dun. dun, dun. I like that song. Good. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Elvis Costello should do it with the Cookie Monster vocal, burp vocal now. That was burp. That, that was it, it worked for both the, though. The thing is, the Cookie Monster is the vocalist in every death metal band. He is. He is a very yeah, well seasoned. <laughs> that wasn't me. No, no, no. But you, you could, you could, you could get down there. Yeah, but I think that would really fuck me up in the head. (laughs) How come the Welsh don't get their own liquor? There's Irish whiskey. There's Scotch whiskey. Then the the British have the English have gin. So what about the Welsh? The English don't have gin. Sure they do. No, they don't. That's their shit. Gin came from the juniper plant, which is Geneva, and that was invented in Belgium. British make gin, come on, like tankery and... Well, fucking my third cousin makes gin, but that's not what you said. It's it's a British drink, come on. I'm sure there's a Welsh one. Is it? Welsh whiskey or something? Well, that's what I'm wondering about. We're all experts here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the juniper thing was. Who yeah, perfect, who gives a who shit about that? They, that grows booze. everywhere. That grows in Southern California. Well, actually, I think the British. But we, right. we should research. Google it. Yeah, I don't have Wi-Fi. <laughs> but who who here has had juniper? Geneva. Geneva. But it's kind of like the hamburger, right? Like it was invented in Germany, but it's perfected in America. In Germany was free down. And in the United States, they took the, the breading and shit out yeah. and made it a hamburger. They made it awesome. Perfected it. Is this going to be like the real Black Flag book? You know, not the Henry Probably, books. He doesn't have rights. <laughs> this is just, this is just uh, it just goes up as a conversation. Well, you can call it whatever you want. Call it a conversation, but like... It's kind of it's kind of a history. I mean, you're getting Keith's perspective, and then I'm younger than them, the, uh, meaning Keith and Chuck here, and Greg, and Robo, especially Robo, but not Isaac. <laughs> you know, but not Isaac. I mean, Isaac's in the room. Isaac's the kid. But, uh, I'm even it, it's, older. It's like you're getting a little bit of. of What's not written in books. Yeah, and that's the stuff that I think everyone that listens to the show, and that's the stuff I care about. You know, like I want to hear about the stuff that you can't find out about as you know, easily now. I don't know if I would like to see a book, but I know it right here. See, I've lived it. And it was me and Ron, like Bill said. You know, that we showed up. We heard this band Panic was practicing at a church. But they're oh, gonna, maybe going to change. Ron told me this. Maybe going to change their name to Black Flag. And then we had seen Robo up on. No, I'm getting cold. Aviation. With his Cortina, putting something. He goes, "That's the drummer." And that's when you guys used to play up on aviation. Cocaine into his trunk. <laughs> Perhaps, <laughs> but you weren't supposed to say that. 
But what that's they, okay. You know, he's not here to defend himself. We can say whatever we want. And he lives. And he, yeah, I know. But he lives in Columbia anyway. So go ahead. And don't blame the beer. Yeah, but at the time he was living in El Segundo. And you know how he got into the country. Because he was a student. Yeah, he was a... Uh, Exchange student. Exchange student. He was supposed to be going to UCLA. Was he really? Not like Harvard College or something? <laughs> El Camino. El Segundo Junior High. <laughs> we went to the University of Punk Rock instead. So He graduated from that one. Yeah, he graduated. Well, well... If um, I can't even do his voice, I'm trying to do Marky Ramon. Well, 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 don't make fun of Robo because he's a good guy. And, you know, do, do I have to kick the little guy's ass? <laughs> this is the real. You know, his, his um, finest moments playing drums. As a member of Dust, Marky Ramone. Marky Bell. Marky Bell, who was also a member of the Voidoids. Yeah, but some of the people that are listening to this might not know. We've talked about Dust on the show before. Yeah, we're trying to, we get a little, we're trying to enlighten a few people. We, uh, um, well, I guess also I want to find out what... Did you guys see the Screamers? Were you into the Screamers? Was that... I saw the Screamers on several occasions. Um, and uh, Tomato was actually my neighbor when I lived over by the Hollywood Bowl. And um, we became really good friends. Really a sweetheart. One of the coolest guys that you would ever meet. And those guys... There would be no nine inch nails. There would be no. You should ask these two guys what what they think of the screamers, Billy and. Were you guys? Uh, uh, were you guys into the screamers? Yeah, yeah. Because there's always like a distinction that's made in like the history books now about when. When the beach scene came and ruined, quote unquote, ruined, not me saying this, the LA punk scene. And was that yeah, real or is that like a myth? That's too, what I mean. That's what I mean. Like, but, but like, that's what it's. That was a different county and it was a different. It's like what Keith says every night about white minority. It was done as a joke and then certain people took it seriously. And it's like. Certain people, not everybody, but a lot of people from Orange County did. And, and the valley, and the valley, where neighborhoods where their parents were conservative and they just wanted to rebel in any way, and some of them really wanted to fuck shit up. And uh, I mean, because I have a story about. My first gig. And we had like a, a 
mailing list of about 500 people, about 300 of them were from Orange County. So we planned this thing at the church. First of all, I had been in the band like four days. You know, I coming up, I, I came up to the church every day. I actually think I lived there for one day before we went on tour. But I see Chuck. And Chuck, what was that car that you used to have when you asked me when to be in the band? Oh, the 62 Impala. 62 Impala. That was a and nice he opened, car. It's like noon. And he opens up the trunk and it's like, like, Two cases of Bergy. Warm. <laughs> brew 102, man. Or Brew 102, or one of those. Cheaper brew, cheap, cheaper cheap than Bergy. California beers. <laughs> and he goes, here, you want a beer? Hey, Des, come over here. You want a beer? And I go, yes. Oh, yeah, Chuck, sure. Oh, and then he opens up the trunk, and I go, it's in your trunk. <laughs> I'm thinking this. I don't know if I said it out loud. He gives me a beer. I go, yeah, well, people in Europe drink their beer warm, so we're going to have a beer with Chuck, you know? <laughs> Wait, are we talking about the Cortina yet? No, oh, this is after. This is on me with joining the, the, the band. With the fringe around I, the edge. I feel like from the Impala leads to the Cortina. I had, do you never know, remember, like, I had fringe all around the, the cabin area? Yeah, yeah it's like a Cholo mobile, but uh, Chuck style. <laughs> right, like... So Tackier. he goes, hey, hey, Des, come over here. And I go, hey, what's going on, Chuck? And he goes, well, I want to talk to you about something. Here, you want a beer? And he opens up the trunk and gives me a beer. And we're sitting there talking. He goes, how would you like to try to sing for the group? And I use a 50s term. I don't know why. But he... he, he uh, I go, what do you mean, sing? I play guitar, you know? And he goes, well, yeah, but you're just, we know you, you're our friend, and uh, you're a cool guy, and, you know, whatever. And I go, well, that's uh, like what I would say. Yeah, and uh, I go, what? How do you know I can do it? He goes, because every at every gig, when Keith was a singer, and I didn't go to too many Ron gigs, too. It was just a weird scene between me and him. It was like, I didn't really care. I think Ron felt I didn't support him. But I missed him. Yeah. So that was your black flag. Yeah. And I wasn't jealous about the fact that he was in black flag. That wasn't my goal. I was surprised when Chuck asked me, you know. But anyway, it, 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 I go in there, and I, I, he goes, well, you know all the words. You sing all the words to win. Even with you. No, you never, knew the lyrics better than I did. <laughs> that's all you got to say. He's right. Played live. He's right. That's all you got to say. He probably sat out in the hall with Ron and drank beer while we were rehearsing. <laughs> For sure he did. he did. But at the shows, there he was singing the songs in front of us. I knew you knew the words. You what? Yeah. I mean, I... I, I and it was everybody in the band. That, that I don't care what the attitudes were, or who, how, how 
not drunk or how drunk somebody else was. Like, that was my picture. So, my, we were like the Dodgers. We had a really great farm system. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. That's true, because David Bowie went to one of your gigs. <laughs> Did he really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He saw uh, it. That was the Hong Kong Cafe where it was... Uh, this was the gig where everybody in Hollywood said they were there because David Bowie was there. <laughs> yeah, of course. I didn't believe he was really there. Was he really he there? He sat at the... He, he, he was sitting he at, the, at the very end of the... You know how they had the tables running by the stage? And he was sitting at the very end of one of the tables with two big black soul brothers who you weren't even going to walk up to and say, hey, man, how's it going? Bodyguards, yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, and the, the, the rumor that I heard why he was there was apparently he had the night off and just wanted to go to Chinatown and hang out in Chinatown. Right. And he uh, apparently heard that there were a handful of bands playing at the Hong Kong Cafe. It doesn't get any more Chinatown than the Hong Kong Cafe. Yeah. Except for Madame Wong's. Exactly. Yeah. Which was right great. across, which was right across the, the it, like, hundred feet away. A hundred feet away. But then there was like, kind of like not beef between the two venues, but there was like a bit of a rivalry, right? Like you well, couldn't play one, one or the was, other at the point. One was new wave, yeah, and a little bit of punk rock, but the other one was like the Germs played, yeah. X played, Black Flag played, Black Flag played the control, you know. Um, I don't know if Black Randy played there. He might, probably, he might not, he, you never know. He probably he might have. I feel like I would have gone if he went, if he played. Yeah, that's true. Because he was out of his mind. <laughs> you had to go see him play. He was out of his freaking mind. Well, I guess also, uh, what about Vox Pop? Was you ever into... Yeah, Cab Driver. Cab Driver. Great song. A killer but song. Paul Cutler is an amazing guitar player and... It is amazing guitar player, and if he hears this, that's I'm saying he is. So, um, he is an amazing guitar player. Yeah. Was that like the jams with him? It was really fun. But that was forty-five. Was it at forty-five grade? Silver no, Child. That was Vox Pop. Yeah, yeah but, Vox well, Pop. Same people. No, it's Don. It was like switch around. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, they all play different instruments and shit. Yeah, yeah. But they have Dom Bowles and him and uh, who uh, played guitar uh, and that shit. Oh, Jeff Dahl? Maybe. Was it Jeff Dahl that played on Cab Driver, uh, Keith? I don't know. I'm, I'm not that familiar with Vox Pop. I watched no. them record it. Really? The, the bass played through a giant like um, actual theater um, speaker system he had like it was like a speaker and a big <laughs> horn that was about six feet long and about five feet wide square wow and it's like just one speaker it was, it was Vox Pop was kind of like everybody in 45 Grave switching instruments except for Mary and being also 
besides cab driver, which is kind of a rockin' yeah. cab driver, I'm a cab. everything else is kind of uh, like really spaced out, velvet underground. Well, it's just like your mom. Well, just like your mom is. That, that's kind of aggressive. Well, that was a, the B side. Yeah, right? that's a flip. Yeah. 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 Um, but Jeff Dahl was also in Power Trip, right? That was his band? Yes. Jeff Dahl's Power Trip? Oh, Jesus. One of the first but bands on Mystic Records. I've, I've he was got... also a member of the Angry Samoans. Yeah. Also, Angry Samoans have a connection to Blue Oyster Cult, right? They at least liked Blue Oyster Cult. No, uh, didn't Richard, what's his name from Vom? Richard Meltzer was in Vom. Yeah, and he wrote lyrics for Blue Oyster. He wrote Blister. lyrics for Blue Oyster Cult. That's right. Did you ever see Vom? I'm in love with your mom. Yeah. Let's no. my cock. Yeah, I might have seen them. I saw them Jeez. at the Whiskey A Go Go and they were terrible. They were a joke man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose they lived up to their name, huh? That's in short for vomit. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Was there a place called no, the Wild Goose was the strip They club. thought that they were going to be the West Coast version of the Dictators. What was that club by the airport? The jet strip? No. The eagle? No. Is it the place the the um, the one where the, like Van Halen played and shit? Yeah. The, the Wolfgang. It's, it's still there too. It's the um, what is it called? Not the Wild Goose. That's a strip. No, that's club. a strip club. <laughs> this place was a hall. Yeah, it was. It was kind of like big. They like did Alpine, kegger parties there, like Alpine Village. Kegger parties. I'm gonna go to bed. Yeah, I think that's good for tonight. I think that was awesome. I think we're never gonna find out where Vox Pop and Vom may or may or, not have played. Or whether there really is Welsh whiskey, or whether there is Welsh whiskey, those will be have to be answered in part two. But this has been awesome. Thank you guys for letting me do this. I uh, really appreciate it. Senor.